Hi, Foxies. The episode you're trying to listen to is right around the corner, but first, we need your help. You may have noticed that there are no ads during the Fox and the Foxhound. We prefer this, being ad haters ourselves, but we need your help to keep it that way. If you love this show, please consider signing up as a patron at patreon.com slash the Fox and the Foxhound. We have Patreon tiers starting at just $1 a month. And not only will you get fun extra content and an unedited cut of every episode two days early, you'll be directly responsible for keeping the show going in all of its ad-free glory. Thanks to all of our existing patrons, past patrons, and hopefully future patrons. Enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Kevin, and we are the Wilsons. I'm reading through the Harry Potter series for the first time. And I'm a devoted Potterhead. We've been married almost a year now and started the show when we were still engaged. Each week, we read a chapter, or sometimes two or three, and discuss our journey through the series. We also pull marriage lessons from each week's text, and Kev makes a prediction about what we can expect from the series in the future. This is a podcast about Harry Potter, but it's also a podcast about love, relationships, community, and the world. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We're glad you decided to join us. Settle in, make some friends through our many social media platforms, and enjoy the ride. If you're already a regular listener, welcome back. We can't do this without you. Fair warning for first-time readers of the series. As long as you don't read ahead of Kev, you won't encounter spoilers. And a fair warning to all of our listeners, we occasionally get really excited about the series and use adult language to express ourselves. We're glad you're here. At the end of the show, you can find out how to interact with us, your gracious hosts, connect with other listeners, and ways you can support the show through our Patreon page. Welcome to the Fox and the Foxhound. Guys, we have a really big-time guest with us just for the, the top of the show, for the opening. Super famous radio personality, travel enthusiast. I've just... He really doesn't need any more introductions. Um, Rick Steves, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, guys. Good to be here. This is uh, Rick Steves. You may have heard me on Travel with Rick Steves. Uh, Today, we're going to travel to Scotland, where we're going to visit a very whimsical little magical school called the Hogwarts. (laughs) Guys, guess what? That wasn't Rick Steves. Guys, you should definitely check out Rick Steves because he is a national, he is an international treasure. <laughs> he is a national, nay, and international treasure. Yeah, he was, I think, definitely responsible for us maintaining our sanity at the beginning of the pandemic. Because you remember, we found out that Hulu had all these episodes of travel with Rick Steves. And I would just watch them all day. Like while I was working, because I mean, it's such a well-produced and really good show, but also Rick Steves has this calming effect on me. He's it's like listening to James Taylor. Yeah, I don't like James Taylor, but I know, which is like probably the most contentious thing in our marriage. It really might be. Yeah. I'm actually like pretty sure this is not the first time we've brought up Rick Steves on the show. Rick Steves unites us. He does. James Taylor and cilantro divide us. That's true. Yeah, James Taylor and cilantro. That's pretty much it. So this was a daggone good chapter. This was a doozy of a chapter. We're covering chapter six, The Noble and Most Ancient House of Black. 
our second single chapter episode in a row, I might add. So far, really taking your time with Order of the Phoenix, I noticed. Well, I think that things are dense, and I know when I'm taking my notes, when I come across something that I want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into, mm-hmm. and I don't want to commit to two chapters and then go to record and realize that I need to skip out on some talking points. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm reading first. This I'm also week. savoring my first read of this series. You really are Because I'll never it. be able to go back as young virgin Kev and read the series again. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good to take your time. You're really savoring it. Mrs. Weasley followed them upstairs looking grim. I want you all to go straight to bed. No talking, she said as they reached the first landing. We've got a busy day tomorrow. I expect Ginny's asleep, she added to Hermione, so try not to wake her up. Professor Dumbledore doesn't think it's a good idea for Sirius to go with you, and I must say, I think he's quite right, said Sirius through clenched teeth. Mrs. Weasley pursed her lips. When did Dumbledore tell you that? Harry said, staring at Sirius. It came last night, when you were in bed, said Mr. Weasley. Sirius stabbed moodily at a potato with his fork. Harry dropped his own eyes to his plate. The thought that Dumbledore had been in the house on the eve of his hearing and not asked to see him, made him feel, if that were possible, even worse. Oh, such a sad sentence. I'm also not understanding why Harry sounds like Oliver Twist in your mind, and why Molly is like some Downton Abbey, like crotchety old woman. Because this is my journey. (laughs) I'm loving that journey for you. This is my journey. And it's very personal. Okay. All right. All right. I I won't question your journey again. You know, I've always thought Harry is like, try Professor's magical Elisa. (laughs) Okay. Well, at some point, he's going to have to hit puberty in your mind. How come nobody told me that Dementors could come to the Muggle world? (laughs) It's not fair. The worlds are colliding. (laughs) I hate the Dagum Dursleys. So is this the book where his voice is changing? Because it's very shouty. So we do start off this chapter, just like the last chapter, exactly where we left off the chapter before. And we've just had this big conversation at dinner. We've had this big bomb dropped of Voldemort's after a weapon. He's after something he didn't have last time. Something that he has to obtain through stealth. Exactly. That's another really important point. And everyone is going to bed. And next to... Uh, next to the, the sentence I read where Molly's like, no talking, I just wrote LOL. Like, really? Really? It's also fun when you're a kid and parents tell you don't talk. Yeah. And then you get to like, gotta whisper talk. That's how you and Heather talk when you hang out anyway. That is not true. Yeah, so, um, I know that was such a pretty dress that I saw online yesterday. This, we don't, I don't know where this is coming from. You have made this up in your head. To your point, that is really fun, but also there's a layer of anxiety because you're breaking a rule. It's scary and fun and exciting. Yeah, because you're like, what if I get caught? And they do almost get caught because, you know, very shortly after Ron and Harry kind of shut the door and bolt it so, you know, Creature doesn't creep on them in the middle of the night, which he apparently does. It's terrifying. The twins apparate into the room, you know, as if the loud cracks of apparition are subtle. My God, these two. 
and the conversation just goes. It's speculation. The twins are kind of like jazzed because they're like, oh, we didn't hear that on the old extendable ears. It's kind of a fun conversation. And also, like, I really feel bad for Harry. And like you said, they're discussing what this weapon could be. Mm -hmm. Is it a device of mass torture? Harry's like, no, he's got the imperious curse for torture. Could it be something that causes, like, mass muggle casualties? Right. What is this quote-unquote weapon? Right. George W. Bush is poking his head in the door going, weapons of mass destruction. It's a weapon of mass destruction. WMDs. WMDs. Yeah, and the the really cool point that's made here, too, is they start talking about, like, where it would be. And they're like, well, it has to be really big. And one of the twins is like, meh. Just because something small doesn't mean it's not powerful. I mean, look at Ginny. I just think that's such a cool moment for, like, her older brothers. She's not even in the room. And they're yeah. like, Ginny's really fucking good at magic. You know, they would probably never say that to her because they're older brothers. But... So that's kind of an interesting point, too. I mean, what did you make of that point? Well, it kind of went towards my prophecy that the weapon was hidden in Green God's bank. Right. The Sorcerer's Stone could fit in your pocket. Exactly. Like, exactly. they're right. This weapon, and I also don't think it necessarily even is an object. Right, right. So, like, it's never given to us that it's, it is a thing necessarily right right it could be a spell out of a book Ooh, for all we know interesting mm -hmm. interesting because we do know you know through the the exploits of the past three books that you know like i think about book two when hermione needed the recipe for polyjuice potion and it was in this one book and she had to obtain it there are rules to this magic so it's not like you just think hard enough about the thing you want to do and it happens. You have to have the incantation or if it's a potion, you have to have the recipe or, you know, there yeah. are things that have to happen. So that's really cool that you're thinking that way. The twins apparate the, the hell out of there before Molly can catch them because they hear her coming up the stairs and like listening at all the doors because I think even she knew that that was like bullshit instruction that she gave them. No talking. And then it's the next morning. And it's time to clean doxies. And we've got this, like, everyone's kind of geared up with their doxy side so that they can tackle the curtains in the drawing room. Something about this sounds fun to me. Spraying these things and watching them, like, faint and throwing them in a bucket? Not about that specifically. About, like... Everyone gets up in the morning and we all have this collective mission oh, for the day. This is like, you have this in your head as like an <laughs> 80s work montage, don't you? <laughs> yeah. You gotta fight to get it done. You're gonna be number one. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah, that would work. You're looking foxy while you're spraying doxies. Ooh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know who is telling whom that they look foxy. That could be weird, depending on who that is. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Something about it just sounds like, I don't know. There's something I like about having like a little collective mission. I just thought of something. What? First of all, we need to do a branch of our podcast for kids. What do you mean? Like a kid version of our podcast. I don't know what it would be. It could be like a YouTube puppet show of the books or oh, it could my. be a reading. Okay. Or it could be something, but it needs to be called Foxy's Doxies. Stop. Oh, that would be. 
be cute. But why would it have to be a kids program that's called that? Because the doxies are belonging to the foxies. It's like the kids of our fans. Oh my foxies, gosh. Foxies, doxies. That's our daycare. Our, oh, we're starting a daycare. Yeah. Oh, okay. You heard it here first, yeah. folks. If you don't mind your kids staying at a place where we might accidentally curse, mm-hmm. and as oh, long as you can stay here with us, because we'll be drinking mimosas. Yeah. Yeah. I would love a mimosa right now, actually. Speaking of foxies, can I just make one little aside? Please do. Because we have had a request from the warden herself. So, like, everyone needs to just stop whatever the fuck you're doing and listen. The warden really needs some more Gryffindors in the Discord server. Yes, she asked us to make this a point. Yes. The Gryffindors, I will say, are grossly underrepresented in our Discord server. I I don't know what that's about. We've got a lot of Ravenclaws. We've got a decent amount of Slytherins. And we've got like a a good amount of Hufflepuffs. And we've got a really small little handful of Gryffindors. So if you are brave and a little showy, join our Discord server. The warden is insisting upon it. I don't know if our British listeners will get this, but the warden is feeling like the Maytag repairman. I don't know what the hell you mean. You don't know what that is? I mean, that's like if I walk into my office and there's only one person there. I go, look at you, the Maytag repairman. I, Maytag is an appliance no, brand. No, I know. Right? I understand what a Maytag is and that a repairman would repair it. But why does that imply there's only one person? Because Maytag had a series of commercials for many years that had the Maytag repairman. But he was bored because their appliances were so good that they never broke down. Now that's a genius. So that was the whole concept of their commercials was okay. the Maytag repairman just sitting there without the phone ringing. Now that's a genius marketing strategy, I will say. Go Maytag. So yes, the warden is feeling like the Maytag repairman right now. Repair woman, repair warden. Repair warden. <laughs> so join our Discord server. I mean, any house, but especially if you're a Gryffindor. So Fred and George are still working on their joke shop. Yeah. And they're pocketing doxies and like whatever they can find to work on these weird things. Mm -hmm. And something's brought up that I kind of forgot about. What? Which is Harry gave them money towards their joke shop. You forgot that? Yes. He gave them what was, it was either. 96 galleons. 96 galleons. We had this argument last time. Was it 1,000 galleons or 10,000 galleons? Why don't I know this? I'm such a bad Harry Potter fan. I think fan. it's 10. It's a lot, though. It's yeah. enough to get them started. And they basically say, look, all we need is the damn acreage or, or all we need is the actual location. The, the premises is what they're looking for. But they've got some good stuff happening. So that's exciting. Do you know that we find out that Buckbeak is in the house? Yeah. Living in Sirius's mom's room? <laughs> and eating dead rats. You know, the the, the overflow Ugh, of which. Don't you know it stinks up there? That thing's probably pooping all over the place. Oh, sure. Get I mean, that thing out of the house. Th- don't. Excuse me. Where is Buckbeak supposed to go? I don't know. Just walk around with them fecal feet. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> Buckbeak is a fugitive also. Let's not forget that. Buckbeak can't just go 
flying back to Hagrid's any more than Sirius Black can go waltzing down the street. They're both wanted men and hippogriff. Now, Buckbeat I... loves Sirius. That's his dog. That's why would you do that? It's not even dad joke time. That's awful. I do have a word uh, that I want to check with you to see if it's yours. Do you remember seeing a a word shufty in your text? Give me just a minute to get there. Okay, I'm going to read the whole sentence while you're finding it. Well, Molly, I'm pretty sure this is a boggart, said Sirius, peering through the keyhole. But perhaps we ought to let Mad-Eye have a shufty at it before we let it out. Knowing my mother, it could be something much worse. Yes. Have a shifty at it before we let it out. Mine says the same thing. Have a shifty? Your mine shifty. Mine says shifty. Shifty like S H I. Yeah. Mine says shifty. Have a shifty at it. I don't know what either one of those things means. I'll take a look at it. Well, sure. I mean, like context clues. I get that, but it's just like, man, the English language. I just learn something new every day. Okay. Speaking of Sirius and Buckbeak and all of that, Sirius and Molly still a little tense. After the night yeah. before, there's they're speaking very, very politely to each other. I hate that. I hate when people being are them. over polite because there's <sighs> tension between them. I'm so uncomfortable <laughs> when that happens. I absolutely hate it. So just like we said, you know, the, the twins have some things in the works with their joke shop. And we are introduced to the skiving snack boxes that they're making, which... It took me an embarrassingly long period of time of, like, reading these books before I made the connection of, like, if you're skiving off something, you're, like, ditching it. You know, I was, because I just always. I've never heard the term skiving in my entire life. Really? Like, you're skiving off. I think, I think it's normally skiving off something. I think. My God. Shifty and shifty and skiving. Oh, my. So this is a range of candies that are double-ended. One of them will make you sick, and the other one's the antidote. Right, so you can get out of school. So you can get out of school. So one of them is like makes you puke, and the other end makes you stop puking. One of them gives you a nosebleed. One of them makes you faint. I mean, it's, it's a good idea. It, it makes me really, really uncomfortable and nervous. It's kind of like drugs. It's a little like drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely still in the 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 testing phases and they're they're testing it on each other, by the way, which is hilarious. But like with the vomiting one, like you can't stop vomiting long enough to swallow the antidote. So it's like, oh shit, you know, it's, it, these two are we're we're gonna have a talk about these two <gasps> later on in the show. Oh my goodness, Fred and George are about to have a come to Jesus. We also have, just kind of in this this section, we have, you know, Kingsley Shacklebolt stops by, Bundungus stops by to hide some fucking stolen shit at yeah. Order of the Phoenix headquarters. There's a lot of people stopping by. Yeah, yeah. I mean, later on, Snape, McGonagall, it's just kind of this, this constant flux of people in and out. And the kids are definitely, like, constantly trying to overhear conversations. But, I mean, these adults are not stupid. They're not letting anything important slip. It makes me feel weird to have some characters outside of the school because it makes me feel like those sitcom episodes, which you know I love, a sitcom episode where they go somewhere else and it's like Disney World and it's filmed on location. Yeah. And taking those characters and how they speak with that three camera 
stage setup and putting them with a real backdrop is so unnerving. It's uncanny valley like odd. And you can tell that the actors are having a hard time being that character outside of that set. And that's what kind of gives me that feeling like McGonagall walking around. Right. Like is she in the in, real world? Is she in like casual clothing? I think it mentioned something. Got a sensible pants. She's like fucking dressed like a muggle. Yeah, like is she wearing like a blazer? And like is is it tartan? Because she's Scottish. Maybe that's a stereotype. What like what does McGonagall wear outside of Hogwarts? It it raises too many questions. Athleisure, Lululemon. <gasps> Maybe she's in a nice Lululemon legging tank combo. I what mean, if she's really hip and she has a sleeveless hoodie stop. with some Lululemon leggings? Absolutely. And some really fetch New Balance. They're like Starbucks. pink and white. Yes. She got her little pumpkin spice latte. She's got her hair she's up like, and cardio out. day. Little messy bun on the top of her head. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving this McGonagall. This is great. Let's talk about Creature. Can we talk about Creature for a minute? We need to. Um, This guy is a freaking problem. So he has a filthy rag tied like a loincloth around his middle. He looks very old. His skin seems to be several times too big for him. It, he's just referred to as it in the book, which is just kind of cruel. And though he's bald, like all house elves, there was a quantity of white hair growing out of his large bat-like ears. And he's got like a, a snout-like nose. Like, this is not cute-ass Dobby. No. What are your thoughts about Creature? It's, well, what we're about to learn from Sirius as he's talking to Harry, which is a lot, we kind of see that Creature hates Sirius for the same reasons his mom hated him. We're about to talk about it. But yeah. Sirius came from, like, a family of white supremacists that were all about pure blood and Voldemort loving and all this crazy stuff. Right. And Creature was just influenced by them or yeah. brainwashed by them or radicalized by them or he was like them or something. And he just walks in the room and just... I love that he says things under his breath. Right. But... I hope they do a good job in the movie with this little guy. So, Creature... I, I genuinely, I want to know what you think, because I don't really know. Does Creature, he is old, you know, I'm, I'm going to take the Hermione side first. Does Creature not realize they can hear him, or does he not give any fucks? Oh, he knows they can hear him. Okay. Okay. You feel like that's confirmed? Blood or traitor. Thing. Well, there's a couple times where he says something and Sirius kind of calls him out. Sure. Sure. But yeah. I mean, like. I think he knows he's being heard. Okay. It's just, it's so, it's such a weird approach to me. He comes in and instead of just name calling them, he mutters knowing they can hear him. It, he's so But insane. he also will turn around and say, what was that, master? Right. Oh, I'm so sorry. I think that he, they know that he hates them. He knows that they know that he hates them. Yeah. He says shit under his breath because they also know he's going to revert back to... Oh, yes, certainly. Now, he can't be set free because he knows too much. Yeah. Because I think Sirius would like nothing more than to get rid of Creature. <gasps> what if Creature was the weapon? Stop. You just had, like, a light bulb happen in your head, in your body. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, man. That's not what I think. 
but what a fun thing to ponder. Okay. I don't fun. believe it's true, but what a fun thing to ponder. Very, very fun. Yes. We get into Sirius's backstory, which is something I feel like I've been waiting a super long time for. Like, who is this guy? Right. And we get an explanation of his parents, why his mom hates him from the picture frame, mm-hmm. how he became so close to James Potter. Yeah. The whole lowdown. I love this section. And this is what you predicted this chapter was going to be. Last week, you said, I think we're going to get a lot more about Sirius. And you were not disappointed. So the tapestry. It's really, I think, pretty easy to imagine. You know, we've got this gigantic, musty, old ass thing hanging on the wall. But all of the connections, you know, you think about like with a family tree, all the connections are like bright gold. Yeah. Like this thing is probably wicked expensive. And I think if there are two lines that means like they're married. Yeah. And then a single line comes down and it's their kid. So you can yeah. kind of follow it. There's a whole like genealogy like code with like circles and squares and fucking rhombuses and shit. But <laughs> I don't know if that's what's on this. Probably not. The um, old rhombus quilt. <laughs> <laughs> and it says it, it dates back to the Middle Ages, and it says the noble and most ancient house of black, toujours pure. What's that mean? That's French? Forever pure, always pure. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So we learned that Sirius moved out when he was 16 years old. Yes. Hated his parents. Hated them. And he says, he talks about their pure blood mania. Yeah. So... His parents were these pure blood, pro Voldemort, mm-hmm. pro get rid of the Muggles, psycho, Death Eater loving people, and yeah. Sirius was kind of like, man, screw my parents, right? So Harry's grandfather, which would have been James Potter's dad, which I think this may be the first time we've ever even heard of him. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So he went to live with them. He ran away from And home. Harry's granddad looked at him as like a son. So him and James weren't just really good friends. They grew up like brothers. Isn't that so oh. like heartbreaking, but also really sweet. And it tells you who the Potters are. You know what family. I love too in this chapter, and especially right here, is Harry and Sirius have more and more in common. And you can just see Harry's face. Falling more in love with this guy as a father figure. Oh, so much. Oh, so you hated your home life? Yeah. You ran away too? Well, and then you have the fact that like Sirius, like we talked about last week, emotional maturity wise is not super an adult, right? And so I feel like Harry bonds with Sirius, not just because of how much they have in common and because Sirius is his godfather, but also because... Sirius and Harry are emotionally kind of the same, too. You know, like all the other adults talk to Harry in a particular way. And Sirius doesn't really talk to Harry in that way. He He's just like, yeah, man, I hated my hated my family. I don't know, like, <laughs> doing this. I mean, it's sticking one of her shoulders out. I'm picturing like like leather jacket. Yeah, I hate my family, man. Screw my old man. <laughs> yeah, like, like with, then he combs his my hair. My old man gave me a carton of cigarettes and said, smoke them up, Johnny. Oh my God, that is exactly who I'm thinking of is what's his face from the breakfast club. <laughs> 
What is that guy's name? I don't know. Brian Wackler. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> Please put Sirius Black's face on that guy's body. What is his name? I keep on wanting to say Bender. It's not Bender because that's from Futurama. Fuck, what's his name? It'll come to me later. I'll put it in the show notes at any rate. But that's exactly what I was thinking of. But this action of Sirius leaving home. So he was about 16. Which, by the way, is very close to Harry's age now. He was about 16, and he got blasted off the tapestry. So, like, this is the type of family who, if you do something to piss them off or do something egregious, they are literally going to erase you from the family's history. Yeah, they burn you they off of the burn tapestry. You so that your name never existed. And we get all of this, like, before... We're introduced to the tapestry with Creature and Sirius. She always said I was no son of hers. You know, like we, I mean, there's definitely a real sense of like Sirius got erased from the family for this. And what you were talking about with the Blacks being these pure blood maniacs, these kind of these racist, like death eater loving people. These were also the people who in, you know, would never condone would never like, oh, it's it's great what the Death Eaters and Voldemort are doing. But like under their breath, they're like, I think he's got the right idea. You know what I mean? Like you can't necessarily be like, great, murder those muggles. But that's what they want. Oh, yeah. But they have to have like the public face about it. Like, oh, these I'm sure they're people. signaling. There's a lot of that going on. Oh, so much. Yes. And we learn about a really important character. Okay. Sirius's brother. Regulus. Regulus. Black. Regulus Black. He ate a lot of fiber. <laughs> and he was Regulus. Regular Black. <laughs> what do we learn about Regulus? So Regulus was in with this family's whole weird pure blood thing. And he tried to join the Death Eaters. He did join. The oh, Death he Eaters. did join the Death Eaters mm -hmm. and then was asked to do some shit and was like, OK, dude, this is too far and tried to back out. Yeah. But as Sirius tells him, you don't back out. You don't quit the Death Eaters. It's a lifetime of service or death. Period. I mean, those are the people we're dealing with. What about Snape? Snape's a former Death Eater. Mm -hmm. He didn't get death. He didn't get a lifetime of service. Mm -hmm. Or did he? I don't know. I don't know yet. A lot of intrigue in this chapter. Very, I'm becoming very increasingly paranoid. I'm, I'm not surprised. I, I figure Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night <laughs> and I come in and grab my copy of Order of the Phoenix and I flip through. No, to you see don't. see if any pages have been added or taken away while I was sleeping. What? Yeah. I'm really suspicious that wizards from the wizarding world are manipulating this okay. story for me. You, it's like okay, the never-ending story. Yes, but your books are safe. Listen, listen, listen. The people listening don't know you personally, necessarily. You really need to clarify that you're joking and you don't actually I think wish this I is was. happening. <laughs> I wish I was. Folks, I wish because I was. I don't want anyone thinking that you are, in fact, insane. I bet they added a page there. Take away a page. Oh, Jesus Christ. To reverse the order. How do I know I read Order of Phoenix? Oh, God. Oh, God. It's it's happening. You're going to start a QAnon page about it. 
So we learned some other interesting things about the Black family and some other maybe surprising members of the Black family. So Tonk's mom. Uh-huh. Andromeda. Andromeda. Was Sirius's cousin. Yes. Right? He doesn't say first, second, third cousin, right? I looked it up, but no, he doesn't say it. What is it? They are first cousins. <clears throat> That's what I kind of assume. Mm-hmm. So they're first cousins. Andromeda, Bellatrix, Stop it. and Narcissa. <gasps> These are the three black sisters. Andromeda, Bellatrix, and Narcissa. Oh my and God. I'm Denise. <laughs> so Tonk's mom, Andromeda, married a muggle-born yes. who has literally the funniest name of any character in this entire series. Who is it? Ted Tonks. Ted Tonks. Thanks for coming to my Ted Tonk. <laughs> you have finally gone too far. You have gone too far. <laughs> I'm not okay. Damn it. Why didn't I think of this for the dad joke segment? <laughs> oh, my God. You know this. What did Tonks' parents say after this? What did Tonks' dad say? After her parents made love. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. How <laughs> oh, gross. God, why did you have to make it, like, sexual? You know this is now one of those things that if TED Talks is ever brought up again, like, you're never going to let this go. She got that honky-tonk, but donk donk Remember that song? No. She got that honky-tonk, but donk donk I don't know what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> and i don't want to because it sounds awful <sighs> listen don't you say a word against ted tonks ever in my presence did you say ted talk i said ted tonks so andromeda bellatrix narcissa mm-hmm. andromeda marries a muggle-born ted narcissa and lucius malfoy boom have a kid, which is Draco. Yep, yep. So Sirius's cousin is Draco's mom. Yes, and Sirius's cousin is Tonks's mom. So Tonks and Draco are both, and I looked this up, they are both first cousins once removed to Sirius. Wow. Mm -hmm. Which also means that Tonks and Draco are first first cousins. cousins. Yeah, right, right, right. And I mean, Harry's kind of like blown away by this, but Sirius is like, eh, there aren't that many pure blood families. They're all fucking like, inter- yeah, he's like, intermixed. yeah, we're all inbred. In- yeah, we're all inbred, basically. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Now, what did we learn about Bellatrix, the third sister? Bellatrix. So Bellatrix had presumably a husband or a partner named... Rodolphus, the red-nosed reindeer. No, why would you do this? And Rabastin, who was his cousin, right? Yes. Fast-acting Rabastin. No, Rabastin <laughs> was his brother. <laughs> so, if we get, so we have Beatrix Potter, <laughs> Rodolphus, the red-nosed reindeer, Jesus and fast-acting Rabastin. <laughs> no. no. Fast-acting Tanactin. Okay. Why is just... this entire episode <laughs> nothing but commercials for shitty corporate products? Listen, listen, we need to just hang on. Let's recenter here for a second because you're all like, oh, Bellatrix, was her, her husband or her partner or whatever? Then, what was that? His cousin? No, honey. Bellatrix. 
Bellatrix married. This is important shit. <laughs> Bellatrix married Rodolphus Lestrange. Rodolphus's brother, Rebastin Lestrange, <laughs> <Right>. presumably. <laughs> the three of them were brought into Azkaban with Barty Crouch Jr. Stop laughing. This Rodolphus is important. Rodolphus Lestrange, when you're Lestrange. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is serious. Yes, they were put in Azkaban at the same time that Barty Crouch Jr., I put that in air quotes. Barty Crouch Jr. got put into Azkaban. Well, it, they they weren't just put in at the same time. They came in with Barty Crouch Jr. So remember from the pensive, and Harry very thankfully brings this back up. Back in Goblet of Fire, when Harry was watching the trial where Barty Crouch Sr. put his son in jail, Barty Crouch Jr. was not the only defendant. He was there with three other people. Yeah. And Harry remembers seeing who we now know as Bellatrix in the pensive going. I don't care. I support Voldemort. The Dark Lord will return and know who was loyal to him or whatever. So these were these were not just people brought in with him. They were his co-defendants. So they are also were convicted of torturing into insanity. Frank and Alice Longbottom. And I have in my notes. How do we know it's them? How do we know they didn't pull up Barty Crouch with a little poly juice? Well, remember, though, Barty Crouch Jr., when he went into Azkaban, was Barty Crouch Jr. The switcheroo happened after. When the mom came. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so that's true. the Good only point. thing that might put a little, like, uh, uh, what's the thrower wrench into? The cogs. The cogs. I knew there was a cog in the saying. Okay. Wow. So the last thing we learn about the 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 family and and this tapestry and everything is that Sirius is just horrified that he's back in this house. Yeah. And it's really causing him a lot of pain. It's like when Jenny goes back to the house that she grew up in in Forrest Gump and she's out in the cornfields, is it? I guess. Or she remembers herself being in the cornfields as a little girl. Dear Lord, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away. And as a grown-up, she uh, chunks the rock through the window. Yeah, yeah. And then Forrest gets rich. And I think, I just remember the house getting demolished. And I think Forrest pays for it to get demolished. And I also am, like, remembering that, like, I don't know if it's clearly stated or if it's just implied that she was, like, legit getting sexually abused in that house as a child. Yeah, it's right? fucked like, up. I think oh, her dad was an alcoholic God. or something. That movie. So I'll tell you a house that will never be demolished. That's the House of Black. Oh, for fuck's sake. That was a good segue. Because it has these protections on it. Yes. This would be a great trivia question. Mm. In what two ways is the house protected? Okay. Or name two people that are responsible for the protections put on the House of Black. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sirius's paranoid dad. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it wasn't even paranoia. He put protections on the house because he didn't want any muggles to approach his house. Any riffraff. But the same thing that he used to keep muggles away is the same thing that now is protecting the people that are fighting against his crap ideology. Fucking right. This makes me think about Millie Christine buying the house the plantation house where their parents were slaves when they got rich later on. Can you clarify? When she for, got rich later on. Can you clarify for the audience who Millie Christine is? Millie Christine is the name of two conjoined twins. 
that are buried in North Carolina, not far from here. I still want to go out and pay my respects to their gravesite. It's yeah. I think it's in like Elizabethtown or something. Okay. It's maybe like 45 minutes or an hour from yeah, here. Yeah, that's not far. Um, but they were abused when they were young. Their parents were slaves. They were taken into the carnival and put in the freak show circuit as conjoined twins. They were sexually and physically and emotionally abused and neglected also in the sideshow circuit. Mm. But they made enough money throughout their careers that they ended up buying the home where their parents were slaves. They wow. bought the plantation house. Oh, my gosh. And and so they liked to be referred to as one person, right? Millie Christine, the two sisters like to refer to themselves as one person, Millie Christine. Interesting. I don't know if they, you know, said this to people that were around them about their preferred pronouns. Right. But I do think it's really interesting. Yeah. I'll put some more information about it in the show notes this week, for sure. Yeah. The story of Millie Christine is just something that's always kind of captured my heart. Absolutely. And I want to, I definitely will put an image of her in the show notes as well, because really powerful. So that's the one protection. Yeah. And then second of all, Dumbledore put some charms and protections on the house to protect the Order of the Phoenix. Yes. And Dumbledore is secret keeper. Where have you heard about this concept of secret keeper before? Oh, God, this is taking it way, way back. Mm -hmm. To Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, this is the whole thing with the secret keeper where... Unless you tell someone, mm-hmm. they won't have the information. Exactly. So that's the reason that the piece of paper was shown to Harry. I thought yeah. that was so odd. Yeah. That it's like, hey, read this. And it says, the secret house is at 12 Grimmauld Place. Right. Like, Why do I have the to read? Why couldn't you house. just tell him that? Right. And it's in Dumbledore's handwriting. So Dumbledore told it him. It has to come from him or you literally yeah. can't receive that knowledge into your brain. So this is the second occurrence of the Fidelius charm that we have encountered. Whoa, look at you. Canon nerd. Hey, listen, that's that's pretty common knowledge, friend. So Sirius has a little moment right here where he says, you know, I wish I could get out and do something. Yeah. God, are we all thinking that right now? God. I wish I could get out and do something. I've asked Dumbledore if maybe I could come to the hearing with you. I'll just disguise myself as Snuffles the dog. Oh. Which we've already determined is dangerous because by this time... Pettigrew would have told Voldemort. Yeah. So I really don't think it's a good idea. It's not a good idea. And and then Harry says, by the way, if I do get expelled, can I come back here and live with you? Oh I can't. God. I can't talk about it. And it reminds me of right at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, right before our, our poor, dear, sweet Lupin forgot that it was full moon and didn't take his wolf's bane, that Sirius and Harry were having this conversation about like when my name is cleared you can come live with me you don't have to live at the dursleys anymore you know and i mean harry later uses that to make his patronus like it's but a lot of things have changed since then of course yeah so much has changed and i mean even sirius doesn't necessarily even have the reaction to that that you might expect him to he's like we'll see you know maybe he does encourage harry He says, hey, I think the hearing's going to be fine. I don't think you're going to be expelled. There's something in the International Statute of Secrecy or something like that Mm -hmm. about using magic to save your own life. Right. So that makes sense because, of course, you don't want wizards going around in the muggle world using magic because it exposes their world and it's also dangerous. Yeah. And could be upsetting for a muggle not knowing that magic even exists. 
But it also makes sense to have, you know, you have to save your own life. Right, right. You don't want fear of legal repercussions keeping you from doing something that any logical person would do or sh- or maybe should do like this reminds me of the good samaritan laws where um and as it pertains to substance use this is if you call emergency personnel and if you call 911 the police are going to come too because someone is having an overdose you cannot be convicted if you have those drugs on you, you know, like for possession of those drugs. As an accessory or in the as same house or whatever. Or even just as, you know, possessing them on your person. Yeah. You can't if you were – now, that doesn't mean you can't be arrested for it, but you can't be convicted of it. So it's sort of the same same thing, right? I wonder about the potential of this being abused. How so? This is like the stand your ground thing. Oh, God. You know, so what would prevent a wizard – from harming a muggle mm. and saying, yeah, I used magic and I used it against a muggle, but I was just trying to save my own life. This is the same shit that was pulled by George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Trayvon Martin case. Yeah, yeah for sure. That, that's a really good point. I mean, presumably that could get sticky because there were maybe there would be witnesses or you know i don't know but you know i can't think of anything off the top of my head that closes that loophole honestly so this chapter made me think about a great addition to the wizarding world okay universal okay tell me this wouldn't be an awesome attraction oh man i think matt from yorkshire is gonna really dig this okay a haunted a haunted attraction slash fun house Uh uh-huh walkthrough sort of attraction, not a ride-through, but a walkthrough, that is the House of Black. Oh, God, that would be amazing. Grimald Place. Yeah, that you could, yeah, you go in, there are doxies in the curtains, there's something in the desk that could be a boggart, you've got Sirius's mom screaming at you. Wow. You can hear Buckbeak scratching around. Oh, my God. Upstairs. And it could just be a little walkthrough thing. I think that's really cool. I would love to just like snap my fingers and have that be in existence and go to it like right now. And it would totally fit in because we've only been to the Florida Wizarding World. Right. But you go to Diagon Alley and there are, I think there's a restaurant, mm-hmm. several little shops, a little snack food stand where you can get beer and chips and things. There's a little stage where they do a little show mm-hmm. and you have the ride, Escape from Gringotts. Yeah. Great ride. You've got Nocturne Alley, which yep. is just another path that you can go down and go to the shops. And in between, you have all these fun things you can do with your yeah. magical wands. You go over to Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade is even more lackluster. Hogsmeade has... I would not call it lackluster. Oh, okay, it's not lackluster, but Hogsmeade has, I think, Ollivanders. Yeah. And just a bunch of shops. And then towards the back, you have Forbidden Journey. Just a bunch of And Flight of the Hippogriff. And Hogwarts, where Forbidden Journey is. BTW. But what would fit in great, I think, at Hogsmeade is just a walkthrough attraction. Yeah. It would be one more fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. Also, it encourages the kind of freestyle exploration that these two themed sections encourage of guests i think it would be awesome it would be awesome but it can't be in hogsmeade because grimald places in london so it would have to be in diagon alley okay we'll put it there okay all right i'm i'm down let's do it let's fucking do it right now 
we have three more days of decontamination of Good this God. house of horrors. Why can't you just like wave your wand and all the doxies are off the curtain? These because guys the can heal themselves and all this stuff. Because the shit is alive. This isn't just like it's things aren't just like dusty. It's like we were talking about last week. The doxies have their own mind and they have their own intentions. It's like you can't get a DWI on a horse because a horse has its own consciousness. You know what I mean? I don't know why that makes sense as a metaphor to me, but it does. Also, these are items and creatures, I think, at least in some cases, that they don't really necessarily know what the spell is that is, you know, animating the fucking many-legged pair of tweezers that is coming after you. I mean, horrifying things in this house. And with doxies and stuff, it's, I mean, it's like anything, you there's no one spell that's going to take care of all of it. There is. What? Avracadabra. Avada Kedavra? Avada Kedavra, but that is a cursed curse. What's it called? An, a forbidden curse. An unforgivable an curse. An unforgivable curse. It's so a you cursed curse. You don't want to just be like, Avracadabra. And then, Avada Kedavra. <laughs> and kill all of the... No. Also, like, you still have to aim that. It's not like a a wall of magic that just, you know, you would still have to, like, aim it at the It's going to be a a great wall of magic. Jesus It's going to be a wall. Mexico is going to pay for it. (laughs) Vicente Fox is We're going to build a wall. The muggles are going to pay for it. Oh, God. So, no. There is, that's not the way magic works in this, in this world. You can't, it's not just, it's, no. Just no. There's a biting silver snuff box. There's a music box that apparently like hypnotizes you or some shit. Jenny's smart enough to close it so they don't all pass out. This freaking house. What the F? What the actual F? And the writing desk, like you mentioned in your attraction, contains something. They mentioned this at the at the beginning of the chapter with that weird shifty word, shifty, shifty, whatever. Yeah. But they decide to not do anything about it yet because they want Moody to check this out with his eye, which raises some questions. What exactly are the limits to what Mad-Eye can see through? This goes back to Dirty Dumbledore's invisibility thing. (laughs) I would like to think that there are provisions on Mad-Eye's magical eye. I hope to God so. The, what if he's just seeing everyone naked? Right. That's because that's I mean, that's kind of where I'm going with it. Like, can you see through clothing? But it, I think it's a little more sophisticated than that. I don't it's not like x-ray goggles. Like, I think it's I just I choose to believe that Mad-Eye doesn't walk around seeing everyone naked. But I do think that he can see through walls. There's evidence he can see through walls. And he can see through, like, the desk and stuff. But, like, I, I don't think he can see through I don't think clothing. it's a bogger. Why have they brought it up a couple times? Right. Why I would was... she brought it up, like, two or three times? I think there's a bogger in the desk. There's a bogger in the desk. Can't wait to get rid of the old bogger in the desk. It's not a bogger. There's something significant going on in there. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Could be somebody as an animagus stuck in there like a frog or something. You really do seem to think that, like, everyone is secretly an animagus. Everyone's an animagus. Everyone sees everyone naked. <laughs> everyone sees everyone yes. naked. But that's okay, I guess, if everyone sees everyone naked. But everyone doesn't have Mad-Eye's magical eye. Have I ever told you that when I was a kid, we were down in Florida. Me, my brother, my mom, and my stepdad, Terry. 
I think we must have been going to Disney World or something. Mm-hmm. But my stepdad told me there's a nude beach in Daytona. It's not the whole beach, but there is a nude beach, which exists, you know, like nude beaches where nudists go. Sure. And if you want to go, then we can go there. And I was so freaking excited. I'm sure To go to the nude beach. And then they dropped it on me like, we're not going to the nude beach. And I genuinely got upset. My God. I was upset in the car. As if you told me, like, you can't go to the miniature golf place or something. You were, like, a randy little kid. I just wanted to see, like, boobs and stuff. Boobs and, and I also, stuff? I also thought that it would be fun to walk around naked. Now, looking <laughs> back, I can see, like, oh, you know, you don't, like, take your kids and let them run around the nudist place naked. I could see you being, like, the naked kid who just, like, wanted to be naked. Whacking the balls. <laughs> One more thing I get left out of. Jesus Christ. Why does it always come back to Al Pacino with you? Speaking of creature, every time they try to clean something, creature's like hoarding stuff. He's like trying to to keep these items so that they don't get thrown away. Sirius is like, hate this family, hate this house, goes in the garbage. Hate this family, hate this house, goes in the yeah, garbage. To hell with your soccer trophy, to exactly. hell with all this. All this black family crest china. No, toss it. I don't want to look at it. It's also like not a great look for Sirius when he forcibly removes Creature from the room. He seizes him by the back of his loincloth and throws him bodily from the room, much to Hermione's horror. It's not a great look for Sirius. No, it's really not. Amid all of this, somehow Harry is having a little bit of fun. He has a couple of days where he kind of forgets about the hearing and he's sort of enjoying himself. He is still having nightmares. And then, you know, as we kind of wind down this chapter, he's starting to get a little more anxious for the hearing. He's starting to kind of like see, you know, this like faceless ministry guy snapping his wand in half. You know, this poor kid, he's just got so much more on his shoulders than any kid should have. This reminds me of... The Dave Matthews song, The Best of What's Around. Okay. In the lyrics, he says, turns out not where, but who you're with that really matters. Oh. And that's Harry. Yeah. It doesn't matter that he's in this dingy house, kind of like on the lamb. That's it's such a good the point. the people that he's with. Turns out not where, but who you're with that really matters. Dave, get out of here, Dave. Sorry, just thought I'd drop by. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And you bringing that up makes me think about the fact that, like, the Dursley's house is described as being super meticulously neat and clean and all of that. But I can't think of a single time that there's any reference made to Harry's reaction to that. I think that Harry especially is very unaffected by his environment, by his physical environment, and constantly more and most affected by the people he's around. Right. That's really, really It's true. like I have a friend who has a wonderfully immaculate house. Yeah. And he suggested to his wife that they host. Hey, let's have a party. Let's have, like, friends come into town and stay. Let's do something like that. And she's like, I don't want to have a bunch of people over to mess the house up. And he said, why do we have a house 
that's so immaculate and clean and nice if we're not going to share it with anyone. Right. That's so true. It's the people, man. It's the it's... people that matter, man. Okay, Dave, I told you this is not your time. Get out of here. Just thinking about tiny baby Michael <laughs> sitting there eating on a doxy. <laughs> what? Why is he eating a doxy? I don't think they're edible. That boy loves fried doxies. How terrifying did the doxies sound, by the way? They have four arms, right? I think so. And I think they have black fur and their teeth are poisonous. Didn't Kenny make one of these for his probably party? Probably. Fantastic Beast. Knowing him, his speak beastie. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun party. Finally, it's the night before the hearing. Dear Molly, of course, has ironed Harry's clothes and wants him to wash his his hair. I almost said his face. I'm sure she wants him to wash his face, too. Wash his hair so that he, he looks good and he can make a good first impression. This is what I was talking about, what we did at our hearing. Yes. We put on our suits and everything. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Right. <laughs> and Harry asks the great question. And, and Harry, I, I just, I feel you on this one. He says... How am I getting there? And I realize this may seem like an insignificant moment, but the reason why I think this is a great question is because when you have something coming up, and that's the general you, not you specifically, when you have something coming up that's giving you anxiety, one of the most calming things you can do is answer all of the answerable questions. What am I going to wear? Check. How am I going to get there? Check. Make it so that the only thing that's a question mark, the only thing that's unpredictable is the outcome of the thing you're nervous right. for. This is what I was talking about in the last episode about not liking, not knowing what's going on. Exactly. So I feel like you, you answer every question you can. So he says, how am I getting there? And Arthur is going to bring him to work with him. And he's just going to hang out in the office until it's time for his hearing. Which sounds Let me ask fun. you this. Why is the hearing not at Hogwarts? This is a hearing about whether or not he's going to get kicked out of school, right? Or is this a hearing through the Ministry of Magic because he used magic outside of the, the latter world? The latter. Yeah, it's, it's bigger a, than Hogwarts. It's a ministry hearing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if this was a Hogwarts disciplinary issue, then, you know, why would it be at the ministry? Yeah, and he but, would have got away with it, of course, because he's Harry. It, right. There would never be a disciplinary issue yeah. for Harry at Hogwarts. But, yeah, it's at the ministry because he violated a ministry rule. And... Just like you read at the top of the show, Dumbledore has determined that Sirius is not allowed to go, that it's too dangerous. Sirius is not very happy about this. He's a bit miffed. He's a bit miffed. I also love that he's like moodily stabbing his potatoes. I feel like if anyone can do anything moodily, it's Sirius Black. Yeah. And then we get that last line kicker. Dumbledore was in the house the night before Harry's hearing and didn't see him what's like santa claus you feel like it's a whimsical thing that that you know that he was there and didn't speak to harry yeah harry should have left cookies out for him well i don't think harry sees it as whimsical harry's not happy about this there's no point in dumbledore waking the kid up he needs a good night's sleep he needs to be fresh in the morning okay he also doesn't want to give the kid false hope about which way the hearing's gonna go Okay. Like, kids have to be kids. Look, adults get to have adult conversations. Just because he's a magic kid doesn't mean that he just gets to do whatever he wants and they have access to everything. Okay. Okay. All right. Sometimes children need to be lied to. Jesus Christ. Okay. I feel like you are a lot more pro-Dumbledore so far this book than you have been. 
Yeah, I think that that's true. I'm still very suspicious of everybody. Well, sure, sure. But you're just, I don't know. You're, 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 you're getting I'm coming down around the, a little bit on Dumbledore. Down with the Dumbledees. Get down, get down with the Dumbo. <laughs> Dumbledore. Plenty of fodder for prophecy this week. What is it? My prophecy is simple. You say that every week. I know. <laughs> We're going to learn that the secret weapon is Sirius Black himself. Oh, my. Do you have more you want to say about Has this? to be obtained through stealth. Okay. Right? Okay. Sirius is the only member of the Black family that we know of who was a dissenter. Mm, except for Andromeda. Yeah, Andromeda dissented by marrying, by coming to my TED Talks. <laughs> but <laughs> because he's a dissenter doesn't mean that he doesn't have really special knowledge from the black family okay. about the inner workings of this whole white supremacist thing going on. Okay. All right. You, I mean, you definitely have evidence to back up that prophecy. That's Sirius all I'm going to say. needs to be say. used somehow. How do I know he's not going to be used in some kind of spell? Mm. Take one hair from the House of Black. Mix it with the Eye of Toad. <laughs> pour in half of a fresca. This is... What? Also, this is not... What is it? Macbeth that has the three... Give the, me the eye! The three witches. Is that Macbeth? I think that's Clash of the Titans. That's... No, my God. Give me the eye. They're I'm talking about, about double, witches. double toil and trouble. I thought you were talking about the three witches and they have one eye that they share that they have to pass around. Oh, no. That, I think that's Hercules. Hercules. <laughs> Pretty sure that's Hercules, isn't it? The three faces. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> what is wrong with us? Also, I would really like to mention that every time I said, I think it's from Macbeth, I made an action like I was stirring yeah, a cauldron. in case I forgot. Just, wow. We are recording on a different <laughs> night than we usually record, exactly. and it has really messed us up. Really throwing us off. My God, it feels like when you fall asleep at like 6 p.m. and you wake up two hours later and you're like, what day is it? Where am I? Yeah, and it's if you're really me, you're all mad. You do. You get mad. I wake up hungry. You wake up mad. I wake up grumpy and like really grumpy. in an existential crisis. There are times when I literally won't let you fall asleep because I know how grumpy you're going to be when you wake up. Man, I had this dream last night that I was walking around in this thrift shop. Okay. It was like an old house, but it had been turned into a thrift shop, which is totally somewhere where I would be. Absolutely. And they had these little house on the prairie placemats. You know the little plastic placemats that... You know, there's Ninja Turtles and all type of little kid stuff that when a kid's little, he has a little plastic bowl and he's got a little shitty placemat so you can wipe the milk up. They were little house on the prairie placemats from the 70s. But the imagery was just like a screenshot from the show, like them standing in front of the house or. I feel like these probably exist. If they do. Oh. It just sounds like something they would have made in the 70s. I don't know if there was a lot of LHOP merch. I'll, I'll look into it. I'll look into okay. it. My God. All right. Give us your noble and most ancient House of Black Hedwig's digital get down hoot whistle. Who's there? Who's there? Is it a muggle? <laughs> 
muggle, muggle, toy and truggle. <laughs> what? Toy and truggle? Those aren't, okay. All right, I'll go with it. Our Hedwig's digital get down came to us in our email from Anita. And I love this question. And I saved it specifically for when we covered this chapter. She said, how has quarantine changed our perspective on Sirius's situation in Order of the Phoenix? What does it say about rehabilitating prisoners and the long-term effect of solitary confinement? Hot damn. That's a great question. That's a heavy one. Right? Well, and you even said it when you were talking about Sirius really wants to get out and do something. Oh, don't we all? Ha ha. I think we as readers of this series, any readers of this series, I think all of us are probably closer to understanding Sirius Black than we've ever been. Yeah. Well, it makes me think about a lot of things. First of all, it makes me feel how privileged and lucky we are that we rent a house that has a backyard. Yeah. And there's a porch in the back. Yeah. So I can go out. I have a little garden. I love to mow the grass and work outside with plants and stuff. So I have kind of my own little fortress of solitude yeah. in my backyard. We have a privacy fence. Like, it's a pretty private little zone. Yeah. So I'm lucky that I'm able to do that. I have friends that live in apartments that are only accessible through inside hallways, the way like a hotel is. Wow. And they don't want to go down the hallway, down the stairs, come back, take the escalator up. There's 300 people living in this building. Yeah. They don't want to be exposed to all those people. So they just sit in their apartments. Oh, God. And the biggest struggle that you have is... This is the thing that's going on with this quarantine thing. I am pro we have got to do what's right. Absolutely. You know this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to wear masks. We don't go to parties of 200 people. I agree we shouldn't have concerts and all this stuff. Even going to the grocery store is scary enough right now. But the biggest challenge that we're facing as human beings is that we're asking ourselves to not be what we are. Right. Yes. Can you do without Applebee's? Of course. For a year? Of course you can. I could do without it for life. Well, right. Fact. Everyone could. But we are social creatures. Yeah. It's not, it's what we are. Mm -hmm. The way that a bird flies and a fish swims, socialization is literally what we are as human beings. It's yeah. biologically a pretty strong necessity. Right. And when you put someone in solitary confinement, which I think should never happen ever to anyone under any circumstance. It is inhuman. Yeah. It's, the reason it's inhuman is because it goes against our very nature. It goes Absolutely. against what's good for us. Yeah. And so the fact that Siri's been hiding out in a cave, walking around as a dog, hiding out in the House of Black, all of these places— and before that, being in Azkaban for, what, 12 years? 12 years, yeah. You know, he hasn't had a lot of socialization with people. No. And that's really, really sad. It also makes me wonder if he would have problems, like, not being totally overwhelmed in a sensory way. By all the conversations and sounds and movement yes. and everything. It yeah. just seems like that would be really hard. And then you throw into the mix the fact that Sirius is in 
a physical place that's connected to a lot of trauma for him and a, a lot of really negative emotions. Which is our prison industrial complex. Which is our prison industrial complex. Where people are allowed. Yeah. Where rape and drug dealing and violence is allowed and abetted and yeah. encouraged by the people in charge of prisons because they're for-profit organizations yes. that lock people up and allow them to torture each other. But I will also take it into the the pandemic, the other part of the question too, because this reminds me of people who are stuck, for lack of a better word, in a house with someone who's abusive or or even just in a physical place that carries trauma, even if the source yeah. of that trauma is not a threat to them anymore. You know, we know that post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms absolutely explode when the person is exposed to things that remind them of the trauma. Yeah. And it's, I mean, Sirius is in a no-win situation here. Whether it's lack of socialization, whether it's being in this house where all the trauma is, it's like it, it's a wonder he's getting out of bed every morning, quite frankly. But yeah, I mean, I think that this is a great question because during this pandemic, all of us have had to have the tiniest, tiniest little taste of a lack of freedom. And for most of us, we're privileged enough that this will be the closest we ever get to being robbed of our freedom. Yeah. But there are a lot of people who truly have no freedom in our world whatsoever. And yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Solitary confinement is absolutely cruel and unusual, should be completely banned, absolutely never used, period. Because it does very significant. And as far as I know, I'm not an expert in this area, but very significant and long-term, if not permanent, damage to a person's brain. Yeah, you think Sirius is not used to arguing with people like Molly. Right. Now, from Molly's perspective, she argues with her husband. She argues with the kids. It's just second nature to her. Yeah. This is kind of like the first time I went to New York City <clears throat> as an adult, I saw cabbies dirt cussing the limo drivers. And the limo drivers are dirt cussing the business class cars who are dirt cussing the cab drivers all in a big circle. And it's not unusual in New York city to say, Hey buddy, get the fuck out of the way and scream at each other. When I see that, if that happens here, people are about to get out of their car and there's going to be a fight or like gun violence. violence. Yeah. It's not the same in New York city. It's just a way that they communicate. Absolutely. And so it's not, it made me super nervous, but these people pull up to the light. And maybe they're not even looking at each other anymore. It was just right. they needed to get past that hurdle, and that's how they communicate. Right. So to Molly, it's very second nature to be quipping back and forth with Sirius. Yeah. I don't know if Sirius is as used to that as she is. It's. I mean, there's no way he would be. And then, I mean, a lot of things come up for me when I start thinking about Sirius Black. Because then you also think about the fact that it's mentioned in this chapter that Lupin's staying in the house with Sirius. Remember. Where their friendship left off, for all intents and purposes, besides the shrieking shack at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, each one of them suspected the other was the mole. Yeah. Then James and Lily died. Sirius went to prison. 
Lupin spends 12 years thinking. Hating his guts. Hating Sirius, thinking that he's responsible for James and Lily's death. And then suddenly, Sirius is back in his life, innocent. Now they're both like, Growing out in this house of horrors, that's got to be a complicated dynamic and a complicated yeah. relationship. And it's like, how much are they talking? Are things awkward between them? I mean, there's just Sirius has a lot against him right now. We should write a two man play that's just Sirius <sighs> and Lupin's conversation one night during this Order of the Phoenix time. Damn. I think that's a fantastic idea. And I guarantee you those exact conversations during this time, just knowing how big the world of fan fiction is, I'm sure those exist. Probably. Absolutely. Maybe you should write them. I'll get right on that. Okay. So thanks, Anita, for that question. What a great... Great question, Anita. Great question. She sent that in a little while ago, but like I said, I knew that this chapter was coming, or or at least that we were going to start getting introduced to, like, Sirius being really confined, and so I wanted to save it for this one. I'm up first with marriage lessons. Make it a sweet one. Yes. I'm going, I take something sweet from something very ugly. Okay. This is inspired by the noble and most ancient house of black, toujours pure tapestry. And my lesson is to hold each other accountable and help each other out to remain connected to family, especially because now that we're married, we've actually joined two families. And so I think it would be kind of cool for us to do a little bit more. We've done a little bit of digging into like our family tree. Yeah. But I think it'd be cool to do a little bit more of that. And to I would really like, like that. Wouldn't that be cool? And to start making a family tree where we are connected by that gold thread. And then we have our separate branches that are really just now one big tree. Cool. You said make it sweet. I made it sweet. So you like my marriage lesson? God, you're just like sitting over there silent. Okay, cool. What's your marriage lesson? (laughs) After we get divorced, we're going to do divorce lessons on the show. It's going to be really grim. Thursday night Kev is like very judgy. He's like sits over there in his chair. I've had a long week (laughs) and I'm going camping this weekend and I'm really excited about it. And I feel like my mind is in a thousand places. Okay. So my marriage lesson comes from a previous conversation we were having about Sirius and a little bit from Anita's question. Okay. And my marriage lesson is, and this is especially relevant because of quarantine, but even outside of quarantine, Mm pre-COVID, get out and do something as a couple. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get out and do something. We see each other all day, every day because we work together. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll ride a bike over to a friend's house, or sometimes you'll be outside and I'm inside, or I'm outside and you're inside. So we get little breaks from each other, but we're around each other all the time. And we've been trying to have a date night every week, but we don't really feel comfortable going to restaurants and all this stuff right now, especially not in no freaking North Carolina. No. So I suggested we like, let's just go. Let's just get out and let's go do something. So we went and just drove around. Last week, yeah. Yeah, last week. And we drove down to the beach, and we didn't really do anything. No. Except just drive around. 
But it was so fun. It was really fun. It was really fun. It was good to like not be in this house. Yeah. And to experience each other in another environment. Yeah. Oh, it was nice. Yeah. I guess this is our date night this week. Yep, this is it. This, Only see. the best for my baby. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a good one. So get out and do something. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be anything that is dangerous. Right. You know, you don't have to go to Applebee's and eat that slop and catch COVID. <gasps> just get in your car and drive around or just go for a walk. Yeah. When you said something dangerous, I immediately thought of like hang gliding or like an extreme sport. And I was going to say, I hope you know that if you thought you married like extreme sports girl. Oh, I know that I did it. That you did not. And that's never going to happen. Right. So you do know that, right? Yes. Like we're clear on that? Okay, great. Are you ready to shout out some marauders? I'm ready. What have you got for me? <laughs> I'm very proud of this one. So for this week, I want to know what each of our marauders did to get blasted off of the family tree tapestry. Oh, God. It hangs in the House of Black. You know, Andromeda... Married, welcome to my dead dogs. Right. <laughs> You've ruined it for me. And we know Sirius ran away and rejected their their pure blood mania. I think that Sirius also mentions uh, an uncle he had who gave him a bunch of money. And he thinks probably got blasted off the tapestry for doing that. Yeah. Uh, so. Let's start. Let's kick it off with Austin Scroggins. Why did Austin get kicked off of the family tapestry? Right. For the same reason Sirius did. He was like, I'm not about this pure blood shit. He's being too woke. Too woke. Yes. How about Caitlin Dismuke? Technical foul. <laughs> Just any technical <clears throat> foul. <laughs> How about Michael Terry? Tiny newborn. Little baby infantile Michael wrapped in swaddling clothes. Yes, that I'm one. chewing up food and spitting it into his mouth like a baby bird right now. <laughs> That's weird, but okay. <laughs> Michael got kicked off because he's smarter than everybody else in the family. Yeah. Which clearly Sirius was too. Right. I mean, maybe there's a lot in common there. How about Dean Heath? You know those big decal things called Fat Heads? Yes. I think that's the company. Yeah. He covered the House of Black with like Panthers Fat Heads <laughs> so that the logo is all over the place. It took them like days of, of magic work to get yeah. them off. Yeah. How about Heather Bevels? Heather Bevels. Heather Bevels. She turned Sirius's mom's room where Buckbeak was living. Yeah. She kicked Buckbeak out and turned it to a nursery for her new baby girl. Oh, my God. So yes. she's naming Andromeda, by the way. She's, I, if only that were true. Um, I really don't know what you have against Buckbeak, but, like, you're a little dismissive of Buckbeak right I now. I don't think that I'm anti-Buckbeak. Like, I thought that you would be, like, really thrilled to know that Buckbeak is safe and sound. You're like, what the fuck is Buckbeak doing in the house of black? <laughs> I know. I am a little, now that you say that, I yeah. guess I am kind of mean. Heather kicked Buckbeak out of the room. <laughs> like, my, this is so, this so much shows that I'm my mother's son. <laughs> Because my first instinct wasn't, oh, my God, Buckbeak, who's my fave. Like, he's still alive, and he still was serious, and he's safe because he's in the House of Black. The first thing I thought was, oh, where's he pooping? 
Oh, nasty thing. Getting nasty stuff everywhere. Listen, Le- listen. Feathers listen. everywhere. I almost said leaves. You know when you have a bird in your house and it drops those leaves off of its wings? <laughs> bird leaves, you know, of course. <laughs> the next time I see a feather, I'm going to be like, look, a bird leaf. <laughs> Some call it a feather. I call it a bird leaf. Oh, my God. You need <clears throat> to get over your your anti-Buckbeak ways because I, I love Buckbeak. Vicky Gutherless. Vicky. She brought all of her cats into the House of Black. Yeah, they don't seem like they would be like indoor pet people. No, they're in there chasing doxies and ripping down the curtains. Which, I mean, they probably could have used a couple of cats when they were de-doxying the place. How about Brienne Brown? Brienne Brown. Every now and then I take a trip down to Cleveland and I see Brienne Brown. Oh, Brienne Brown. Oh, my God. Because her last name is Brown and not Black. That's why she got oh kicked off God. the tapestry. Oh, my God. It's so obvious. Yeah. Yes. Oh, the man. house of Brown is really clean and everyone's nice and everyone in the family tree gets along. Super accepting. Yeah. Yes. They're super pro-Ohio. They love muggles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just really the opposite. How about Faith Kenfield? Faith would never do anything to get kicked off of anything. Or she would just, like, she would have been so nice. That they were like, ugh, she's a nice girl. That's the sound of being blasted off. It sounded like a sword or something. I don't know. She just nonstop listens to George Michael all the time. Is that what it could Yeah. Gonna, got burned off of the tapestry. Love it. Now, this one's interesting. How about Ben Clark? Ben Clark. I think Ben would have dirt cussed this entire family and then taken a cigarette and burned his own self. Off right. of the thing. Then he would have reached over down the little golden line that links him to Gerald, and he would have burned Gerald and said, we're out of here. We're out of here, man. Can you imagine Ben like a hobo? Like, you remember the old concept of a hobo? With like a which stick. Which is like a stick that has a polka dot bandana tied around it. Yes. And Gerald's in there. I love it. Oh, God, please don't bring that. Please don't bring Gerald in a polka dot bandana. We did learn through our Discord server, Ben informed us what type of spider Gerald is, and we Googled it, and we really wish we hadn't. Yeah. What was it called? Like a hun- huntsman spider. Huntsman spider. Listen, do not Google it. Just don't. Do it's bigger than you're thinking. It's, it's horrifying. Aragog. It's absolutely horrifying. How about Kara Heller, our newest marauder? Oh, little infantile Kara. Yeah, she's even tinier in tinier swaddling She's so small that tiny baby Michael holds her as his doll. It's really cute. She got kicked out of the House of Black for drawing on the walls like any tiny little newborn would. It happens. It happens. I don't think newborns draw. Probably not That's more of a toddler thing. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like maybe that's where Michael is, is in the wall drawing stage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How about Samantha Tillman? Skating in the house. That, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's something she would do. Can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. Well, while we're on the subject, how about Nick Tillman? You don't burn Nikki off of nothing. (laughs) Because Nikki only belongs to one family. (laughs) Oh, the family, if you know right. what I mean. How about Natalia Ward, the warden? The warden herself. Yeah. 
I think that she would have got kicked out of the family and kicked out of the House of Black just for sprucing the place up and making it look really nice. Yeah. She would have HGTV'd that shit. She would have walked in and been like, uh-uh, this shit is bleak. Oh, my God, it smells so good in here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, the warden. And they would have been like, no, no cleanliness. How about Kelly Moore? Oh, Kelly. Hmm. She broke into the basement. I don't know if you knew this, mm. but the House of Black has a basement where they okay. keep ancient old bourbon. Ooh. And Kelly kicked in the door and stole all the bourbon. And they're like, you couldn't drink that. That was passed down from your great-great-grandfather. We were saving it. And she's like, bourbon's meant for drinking. Yeah. She's I, dressed like Doctor Who or something. She's like, bourbon's made for drinking. Yeah. And I think that uh, Toddler Michael probably helped. God, I want to go to Louisville, Kentucky when this whole thing is over, if I it's know. ever over. See Kelly and Tom and drink bourbon. I know. Okay. How about Josh Bailey? J-Bay? Mm-hmm. The master of magic. The master of ma- the minister of magic. <laughs> now he's the master of magic. Because the all of the people in the black family think that they believe all this shit. And yeah. Josh would have well actually the hell out of them. Well, totally. actually, that's not how it went down. Yeah, that's true. And then he would break it all down for them. Yes. And he would. And they can't so handle correct. the truth. They cannot handle the truth. How about Peter Collins? Pete. I think it would just be back sass. <laughs> but like, really like polite. screw you, old man, you old wanker, Tulsa. <laughs> and finally, how about Jennifer Ayers? Jennifer Ayers. She stole some of that uh, good good that Madungus was smoking and was burning it in, like the, house in the House of Black. And it smelled like socks. And they were like, yo, this ain't Colorado. You got to get that <laughs> sticky icky out of here. <laughs> That's fabulous. Well, as always, thank you to all of our marauders and all of our patrons. And if you want to know more about Patreon, we're going to roll the credits right now. And then we're going to be back for winners and losers and dad jokes. Sweet. Before we reveal our winners and losers and terrible dad jokes this week, a few reminders. If you love this show and want to help it grow, there are two things you can do. Number one, consider joining one of our membership tiers on Patreon. With monthly donation levels ranging from $1 to $20 a month and benefits like extra content, snail mail from us, on-air shoutouts, and more, it's the most direct way to show your support. Find out more at patreon.com slash thefoxandthefoxhound. And thank you to our existing patrons. We could not make this show without you. The other way to help our growth is to subscribe, rate, and review The Fox and the Foxhound wherever you get your podcasts. This will help us by leading more people to the show. If you have a question you'd like featured on the show, send it to us at thefoxandthefoxhound at gmail.com. Audio recordings of your question are welcome as well. Or you can send us a question through Instagram at the Fox and the Foxhound, Twitter at Fox and Foxhound, no these, no thys, no thous, just Fox and Foxhound, Facebook.com slash the Fox and the Foxhound, or our website, thefoxandthefoxhound.com. Just click contact us. 
be sure to join our Discord server to chat with us, our patrons, and fellow listeners. You can find the link on our website, in our Instagram bio, and in the pinned posts on Facebook and Twitter. We'd like to say a special thank you to Judson Hurd, who composed the theme for our show. Find out more about him and his music at judsonherd.com. That's J-U-D-S-O-N-H-U-R-D.com. And finally, a big thank you to our manager of mischief, minister of magic, and all-around superstar, Josh Bailey. Okay, back to the show. All right. You know what time it is. It's winners and losers time. We both agreed we had a hard time with winners and losers for this chapter because oh yeah there wasn't like a whole lot of egregious stuff done badly or a whole lot of like really triumphant stuff but i mean i'm happy with my choices so who was your winner molly weasley oh okay okay because she is totally being the mom of this household she's instilling discipline she's checking people's manners she's making sure everybody's fed she's laying clothes out for harry it's not that she's doing domestic chores i don't mean it in a way like that i mean she's caretaking she's nurturing she's looking out for everybody absolutely that's a really good choice molly was one of the ones kind of floating in my head at the end of the day though i chose a winner that we didn't talk about very much or at all, really. I chose Hermione Granger. Really? Because throughout this chapter, she sticks up for Creature. She tries to make excuses for him. I'm not giving her the winner spot because she should have necessarily done that. I feel kind of complicated about that. But I'm giving her the winner spot because it's really hard to stand up for someone when they're being an asshole. Yeah. And she did that. And so she did something really, really difficult and stuck stuck to her beliefs, even though her beliefs can get a little, uh, we've kind of mm-hmm. gone there before. Yeah. She's still sticking to that, even though this individual she's advocating for is being very, very, very bad to her, directly to her and to the people she loves. Now, who was your loser? This is a first. Mm. A double. Fred and George. I, you did say you were going to bring them back up. Yes. Oh my God. So we all love the zany Fred and George, right? Yes. Oh, what are they like? You know, they're extendable ears and making funny candies. What are they like? (laughs) But they're also adults now. True. And they could be of help. Yes, they're not officially part of the order. But there's a lot more that they could be doing to help the adults. There's a war going on. Voldemort wants to kill Harry Potter. He didn't succeed the first time. Wow. You know he's going to come back and do it again. Yeah. A lot of people are about to die. The whole reason that the Order of the Phoenix exists is because a major war is about to start going on. And all these guys do is chuck it up and make funny bubble gums. And just they're silly. Mm-hmm. And we like that. But it also makes me think, hey, guys, why don't you grow up a little? Why don't you participate? You know, and why don't you help clean instead of just looking for an opportunity for your joke shop? Okay, that's fair. That's very fair. You're an adult. How about instead of using an extendable ear, how about approaching 
the group and saying, hey, listen, we know we're not a part of the order, but we're old enough now we want to help. Is there anything that we can do within the knowledge that you feel comfortable giving us? We already know that they know how to apparate. They're really good at it. Yeah. There's something they could be doing other than making fart jokes. (laughs) I love this. I think I... You've angered Papa Kev, Fred and George. Yes. I like it. That's that's fair. Okay. My loser. Creature for being uh, racist well, and like. saying awful things to people. Like, it, you know, I struggled with choosing Creature for loser because you go, okay, well, you know, he is kept by this family He is, for lack of a better word, owned by this family. He's a product of this environment. Yeah, 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 sure, okay. But still, we know that house elves are not just mindless, you know, products of their environment. Yeah. Like, creature literally has to try to follow orders, i.e. listen to to Sirius. He's kind of the worst. He's kind of the fucking worst. So I'm giving creature the losers. I agree with it. I'm, and I agree with yours. Just well done all around. Okay, I kind of, I want to go second with my joke. Okay. So, okay, give me your dad joke for the week. <clears throat> you know how I can tell I have a serious cold? How? I have the snuffles. I like that. That's inside as fuck. <laughs> That's good. That's like some Harry Potter nerd joke. Okay. I don't know if you knew this, but before Bellatrix went to Azkaban, she actually owned England's only portable dentistry and perfume kiosk. Really? What was it called? <laughs> nice setup. It was called the Mobile and Most Fragrant House of Plaque. Oh! <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to say that on our Discord server, if you would have asked me which channel was going to be the most active, I would not have thought it was the dad jokes channel. Oh, God. But somehow the dad jokes Between my brother, Brian and Austin, who are the dominators. My God. Which are three of the punniest people I know. Oh, Jesus Christ. There's some real stinkers in that channel, by the way. Oh, God. Ugh. Yikes, but for sure, join us on Discord. Well, next week, I, I don't know. Maybe it'll be another single chapter episode. Maybe we'll we'll start to pick up the pace again. I'm not sure. It's up to the man sitting across from me. That's right. Yeah. But we will be sure to, to let you know on social media two days before the episode drops. The Sunday before the episode drops, we will post the chapters for the week or chapter for the week. Turn the page. See, God, if we had rights to this music. We we don't, and we, we never could, will. We could play that Bob Seger song. Turn the page. No, no. Even And if you're ha- reading Harry Potter. No. And you're out there all alone. If we had the rights, I don't think we would. And also, if we had unlimited music rights, we would absolutely be ending this episode on Don't you forget about me. No. You ruined it. (laughs) We'll see you next week. And thank you for coming to my TED Talk.